Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 113. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Yeah, I like that. Accepted. I am now accepted. Med student. Welcome back to the MCAT Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, where I am joined every week by a member of the Next Step Test Prep team. Historically, it's been Brian Snedeker, who is no longer with Next Step but now we have Clara, who is actually, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast yet, but Clara actually scored one point higher on the MCAT, 526, I believe. And Brian only ever got a 525. So Clara knows at least how to do well on the podcast. And she's proving week in and week out these last several weeks that she also knows how to teach it. She is head of the content development for the MCAT at Next Step Test Prep. And we dive in with some more cars prep for you this week. Clara, back again, another week of the amazing cars, everybody's favorite section on the MCAT. And and I'm not joking, it's everybody's favorite. I hear it from everybody, they love it. Um, (laughs) It's my favorite now as well. Uh, Last week I was three for four. Let's see if I can go uh, four for four this time. And and for the listener, just just so the listeners know, a little behind the scenes, I don't read these beforehand. So I'm reading these live as we go, just so I can go through the thought process with you guys um, as as you would. Exactly. It's very authentic. <laughs> so we'll try this one. This is going to be a fun one today. Um, passage five from Next Step Full Length 10 Cars. With the recent increase in the visibility and attention to Indian literature, the almost strangling pull of family has become a common, inevitable trope. In Anita Desai's Clear Light of Day, for instance, the main character, Bim, who has sacrificed her life to tending her family, realizes, quote, they were really all parts of her, inseparable, so many aspects of her as she was of them. Whatever diminished them diminished her. If there were hurts, these gashes and wounds in her side that bled, then it was only because her love was imperfect. This idea of self-sacrifice to the altar of familial obligation does not appear in fiction alone. Geographer Lisa Lau writes that, Despite the burgeoning of the middle class in urban India, which sees a radical economic shift towards increasing numbers of single women working outside their homes, as yet there has not been any equally radical shift in the social, cultural, or familial situation. Subsequently, neither has there been a radical change in women's roles nor societal expectations of them resulting, she argues, in a continued lack of autonomy and self-definition. Within the canon of American folk psychology, 
Seeking to um, attribute mental states to such role-related social expectation must inevitably lead to reduced individual agency. Common sense about the motivation of others suggests that acting in response to obligation will result in a reduced sense of choice and fewer feelings of satisfaction than spontaneously performed actions. Yet, quantitative studies of motivation belie this belief. One recent cross-cultural study, for instance, finds that when presented with similar scenarios of obligation to various people within their social circles, Indian students were far more likely to express not only obligation, but also satisfaction in fulfilling social expectations to friends and family, in comparison to their more independent American counterparts. This study expands upon a 1990 study that revealed greater moral ambivalence towards fulfilling the needs of others in U.S. respondents than Indian ones. This study stressed the personal moral orientation of U.S. subjects, who, researchers argued, understood helping others as both a moral obligation and a matter of personal decision-making. An explanation for this difference between outcomes can be found in self-determination theory, SDT, one of the most, most pervasive theories within contemporary psychological models of motivation. SDT post- postulates that rather than reducing sense of autonomy and resulting satisfaction, fully internalized role-related expectations can actually enhance them. That is, rather than reading collective values as controlling or coercive, subjects who have fully internalized such values tend to experience obligations in a highly agentic way so, so that such actions are read as autonomous and beneficial rather than coerced. Feelings of agency, it has been frequently demonstrated, empirically link with satisfaction and well-being, as well as increased effectivity. Thus, it can be argued that well-internalized role-related expectations can actually enhance a sense of autonomy. SCT theorists maintain that in all cultures, agency requires coming to understand one's actions as internally motivated, regardless of the initial source of social obligations. Wow. These are are fun. Whoever writes these for Next Step, I think, should be fired because they're not very fun to read. They're very hard. (laughs) That's just how they are, you know. Cars passages, they can be pretty boring or pretty dense to read. They're super dense. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Like, I had one idea going into, like, paragraph two, and then I'm like, wait, that's completely wrong when I read paragraph two. And then paragraph three, I just was completely lost. So, um, yeah, We'll, we'll see how we do on the questions this time. Oh, yeah. Um, That's okay. Yeah, so question 25. Based on the discussion in paragraph three, agency differs from individuality uh, in so much as agency, A, can be a result of successful internalization, B, is the only empirical indicator of satisfaction, C, requires the reduction of autonomy in a collective role-related society, or D, creates autonomy through the development of specific societal values. So agency, feelings of agency is frequently demonstrated. I'm reading paragraph three. Empirically linked with satisfaction and well-being as well as related expectations that can actually enhance a self, uh, a sense of autonomy. Um, agency differs from individuality. Um So I'm going to get rid of B right off the bat because it says, is the only empirical indicator of satisfaction? Again, the extremes I like to throw out right away. So at least I have a 75% uh, chance. Um, Is that right? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yep. uh, Of of getting. Er. 
Wait. Or one in three, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a thirty-three percent chance. I have a thirty-three percent chance of getting it right. I think uh, if if I do that right. Um, so the the word agency was confusing me as I was as this was being read, and so I'm like, oh, I have to re-remember what agency means. And so this one would would make me mad, and I'd probably just guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but after reading the 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 passage and looking at paragraph three, um, a lot of it is uh, about autonomy. Um, and so I would go with D because um, there was just something about the society and autonomy and everything else. And so I would go with D just because I needed to move on. Well, moving on is a really good idea here. Um, so I think it's good that you did that because this is a dense question. Um, D is not correct. All right though i'm okay with but that. yeah and that's fine sometimes you just need to cut your losses you know you, you might find that later questions in this passage are way easier so you might as well not sink a lot of time into the first one okay but in terms of how to get this correct answer here so you were right to get rid of b first because b was really extreme uh the only empirical indicator we didn't see any extreme language like that in the passage so b is out and then the other three, A, B, A, C, and D, um, I would look at C first because C says requires the reduction of autonomy in a role-related society. Mm -hmm. And requires is a strong word too, right? This is saying agency requires. So agency absolutely needs to have something. And then not only that, but it's also saying agency requires the reduction of autonomy. And that's not what is being stated here like agency and autonomy are considered to be sort of linked mm -hmm. they're not opposites so c is out also okay uh, and then we have a versus d and so now we already know that the right answer must be a okay um and a is a very nice moderate answer so it's saying agency can be a result um can be a result of successful internalization um, so instead of like worrying about, oh, what's the difference between individuality and agency, I would just really just go back to that third paragraph and try to find internalization and see if it's there. Mm -hmm. And we actually can find it here. So it says, um, let's see. So uh, that is rather than reading collective values as controlling or coercive, subjects who have fully internalized such values tend to experience obligations in a highly agentic way. So right there, we have fully internalized such values, and then that's being treated as something that leads to experiencing obligations in an agentic way. Agentic is, um, is a word that we can tell right away looks really similar to agency. Mm, okay. So <laughs> that's right. the right answer, but there's nothing wrong with what you did either. If you have limited time, might as well spend it on questions you were more likely to get right. Yeah, we'll see if we're more likely to get those right. But uh, <laughs> all right, so A for question 25. And then we skip to question 26, and we'll go to question 27. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll read this one. Question 27. Studies have shown that American children, when given a choice of tasks, prefer and perform better on those which they chose independently, whereas Asian children preferred and performed better on those which were chosen by their mothers. Based on the passage, what best describes this difference in outcomes? A, the Asian children have internalized role-related obligations. B, the American children assess tasks within a personal moral matrix. 
C, the Asian children do not recognize that their actions are coerced. And D, the American children have internalized agential values. Mm. So... Uh, I... This is a hard one. So another hard one. Uh, the Asian <laughs> children have internalized role-related obligations. And so they talk a lot about um, these obligations and roles in the second paragraph, um, talking about a cross-cultural study, uh, similar scenarios of obligations to various people. Indian students, which are Asian students, uh, were far more likely to express not only obligation, but also satisfaction in fulfilling those social expectations to family and friends. Um, this study stressed that the personal moral orientation of U.S. subjects who researched argued under, uh, understood helping others as both a moral obligation and a matter of personal decision-making. Um, where's the other one? SCT, in all cultures, agency requires coming to understand one's actions as internally motivated regardless of the initial source of social obligation. So this was uh, the key sentence. I think potentially that may help us get the answer here is, is answer choice C, that Asian children do not recognize that their actions are coerced. Um, they're recognizing that they are internal, um, which is why they are satisfied um, with uh, and and do better. Um, so I would go with C here. You know, D is really close, oh. but but not not quite. And you actually went back to the right part of the passage here. Um, so you went back to that third paragraph in the end, and you found that one sentence that says um, that is rather than reading collective values as controlling or coercive, subjects who have fully internalized such values tend to experience blah blah blah. Um, and then such, such actions are read as autonomous rather than coerced. Mm. Um, the problem with C is that C says the Asian children do not recognize that their actions are coerced. If it had been stated a little bit differently, so if it had said the Asian children do not feel that their actions are coerced or do not interpret their actions as coerced or something like that, that would be better. Um, but the way it is now, do not recognize that their actions are coerced it makes it seem like what what that um, choice is saying is their actions are coerced, but the Asian children just don't notice or don't recognize mm -hmm. that. Okay. And the author's never actually saying that their actions are coerced. It's sort of saying that because of these internalized obligations that they have, they don't they don't interpret them as being these actions as being coerced. So we can't say that they are coerced. Yeah. If that makes sense. Which leads me to a. A is correct. Yeah. So they have internalized that role-related obligation. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. <sighs> These are tough. We yeah. picked a tough, tough passage, tough questions. That's all right. We're here to learn, and I'm here to <laughs> to make mistakes so you can teach. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. A any of the other questions, B or D there, have any gotchas in there? Um, B is a little bit tempting. I think in our own data, um, a lot of people end up picking D, uh, B, sorry for this one, because personal moral matrix does come from the passage, um, or at least the personal and moral distinction. Um, they say personal moral orientation in the second paragraph. Mm. So I think that was actually a part you went back to in the very beginning. Yep. Yeah, but the thing is that personal moral orientation is discussing this the American children or American participants' um, orientation toward helping others. 
So they actually mention it's about helping others in that sentence. And question 27, which we're discussing, isn't about helping others at all. It's just about whether they prefer and do better on certain tasks. Yeah. So B just isn't relevant. Um, and then D, D is trying to take some sort of um, exact wording from the passage to try to tempt us into choice D. The American children have internalized agential values but the passage is only ever talking about internalizing values in the context of um, participants in the more collective culture, right? So internalizing these values in a culture where it is really focused on helping others, helping your family, then then D is out of scope then, or D is sort of picking and choosing words from the passage, but not correctly linking them to ideas. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Question 28. Eight. Uh, based on the passage, folk psychology as a field depends on which of the following? This is a Roman numeral one, which are always hard. Uh, and so my, my anxiety level skyrockets as soon as I see Roman <laughs> numerals. Uh, Roman numeral one appeals to common sense. Uh, numeral two, qualitative studies of motivation. Uh, three, seeking to explain mental states. So folk psychology as a field depends on appeals to common sense, qualitative studies of motivation, or seeking to explain mental states. And we have one only, two only, one and three only, or one, two, and three. At least the writer of this question did not give us a fourth answer because that always um, hurts us as well. <laughs> um, so I... I uh, uh, the, the folk psychology is the second paragraph with the canon of American folk psychology seeking to attribute mental states to such role-related social expectations must inevitably lead to reduced individual agency. Um, so without going back and reading all of uh, the whole second paragraph again, I, I would probably cut ties with this and say, you know what, this passage probably isn't my passage, and I would move on pretty quickly. So I, I'll leave the guessing and uh, pass it over to you to kind of explain where this uh, answer lies. All right. Yeah, the Roman numeral question was just the last straw. Yep. <laughs> I see. Yeah, that, that happens. Um, I do want to mention not to... Not to necessarily assume Roman numeral questions will always be difficult because sometimes they really are just about um, finding each of the options in the passage. So for here, the question is kind of a simpler one. Um, folk psychology as a field depends on which of the following. So really, we just need to go back to folk psychology and just see, first of all, whether each or any of these are discussed in the context of folk psychology at all. And... The first phrase after they introduce folk psychology is um, seeking to attribute mental states to such role-related social expectation. So seeking to explain mental states is obviously a part of folk psychology. Um, we don't even care about the rest of that sentence, right? We don't care what they're seeking to attribute mental states to. We just care that, oh, that's something they're doing in folk psychology, so that's Roman numeral three, so that should be in our answer. Okay, which gets rid of A and B. It does, and it leaves us with C and D, and Roman numeral one is in both mm -hmm. C and D. So we don't even have to look at Roman numeral one because we know it has to be in our answer. So mm. we only have to look at two, All and right. that's qual yeah, qualitative studies of motivation. Um, so we just look back for that. That most likely is going to be in the passage word for word or close to that. And... A few sentences later, we see mention of quantitative studies and motivation. 
but we actually never see anything about qualitative studies of motivation. Mm. So that's where they're trying to get us to glance back at the passage, see studies of motivation and just pick the wrong answer there. But we don't see any mention of qualitative studies at all. So Roman numeral, numeral two is out. So we are left with C. And, and I'll be honest, I went back to the passage. I saw, I saw studies of motivation. I saw the <laughs> quantitative and I was like, oh, yep, that's, that's what it's talking about. So it must be D. Um, yeah. I didn't even see that it was quantitative and not qualitative. So I'm assuming looking at the data that uh, the majority of students who get it wrong pick D and not C. They do, exactly. Because, okay. um, you know, you're in a hurry. It's a tough passage, but it's still a good reminder to read carefully because you don't want to get so close to the right answer and miss it just because you misread a couple of letters. Yeah, which happens all the time. All the time. <laughs> all right, 29? <laughs> all right, question 29. The author would agree that all of the following demonstrate a key tenet of self-determination theory except... A, the concept of dharma or duty, which is viewed as a means of personal spiritual refinement that derives from a perceived natural law. B, the concept of the categorical imperative, which places the judgment of behavior in the realm of abstract reason as opposed to personal values. C, the concept of filial piety, which embodies sentiments of affection and attachment rather than merely the idea of social compliance. And D, the concept of Suban, which understands character as normalized through the embedding of societal norms with entails that come to be seen as explaining personal choices. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, sorry, this, this passage never really lets up. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would like to see the data on uh, overall how students do on this passage. Um, so <laughs> dharma or duty viewed as means of personal spiritual refinement that derives from a perceived natural law. So that's almost talking about, um, uh, kind of this agency. I think if I, if I get agency right, eventually, um, <laughs> where, where it's like, okay, the, the roles, uh, that they're playing and not really, uh, individualization, um, okay, the concept of the categorical imperative, which places the judgment of behavior in the realm of abstract reason as opposed to personal value. Uh, nothing was really mentioned about abstract stuff that I remember, so I'm going to cross that one off the list. Uh, C, the concept of filial whatever, piety? <laughs> How do you say that? Filial piety, I think. Filial piety. <laughs> All right, we'll go with that. Uh, which embodies sentiments of affection and attachment rather than merely the idea of social compliance. Um, so I would scratch that one off because a lot of it was about social stuff and uh, culture. Um, and D, the concept of suban, which understands character as a normalized uh, as normalized through the embedding of social norms within tales that come to be seen as explaining personal choices. So D sounds the most like what everything is was being talked about. So I would go with D, except it's all about an accept question, which I just saw. So I'm like, Got oh it. no. Uh, the author would ag uh, agree that all of the following demonstrate a key tenet of self-determination, except. Um, so because of that, I would go with B because of that abstract reasoning, which kind of stood out as something I don't remember. That's perfect. Oh yeah. man, you got one. <laughs> I I almost got it wrong because I, I that accept in there. Okay. Yeah, I heard you going through it. I heard you um 
forgetting the accept sometimes you said b was out but that's a great sign if you see an accept question you think oh the, um, you forget it's an accept question you think oh this one's out for sure um well that actually is our answer yeah so all right so i got one and yeah it ended strong yeah this is a rough one so students usually um don't do so well on this passage so you're not alone all right that's good yeah all right so there you have it some more cars for you not my favorite topic and not my favorite section, but hopefully as I struggle through these questions, I am helping you with the thought processes that you can go through on your test day. Don't forget to check out everything that Next Step Test Prep has to offer. Day in and day out, I get questions all the time. What full-length exams should I get? What are the best exams out there besides the AAMC exams? Which ones should I get? And students like yourself are telling me Next Step has the best exams that simulate the, the test itself, the Pearson Testing Center test, the, the interface, the user interface that the AMC has for the MCAT. Next Step Test Prep has uh, developed their software to mimic that down to highlighting and flagging and everything else on their software. Uh, but you also have the accurate scores as best as possible, right? Nothing is completely accurate because test day, anything can happen. Nerves take over and and your score may not be where you want it to be. But uh, based on all of the data that Next Step Test Prep has, which is how these scores are calculated based on large amounts of data, they have a really good test that will simulate your scores that you will get on the AAMC practice test as well as your real test, the potential that you can get on the real test. Go check out everything that Next Step has to offer, including those practice tests, which you can buy in four, six, or 10 packs over at nextsteptestprep.com and use the promo code MCATPOD, that's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D. Save 10% on those full lengths. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. 